Sit back, relax. You're on board the Daily Sports Express. We're making our stops on everything you need to know about today in sports. With your conductor and host, Jason Saltzman. Yo, yo, it is your host, Jason Saltzman. It is May 9th and you are aboard the Daily Sports Express. Oh, you didn't know? Your ass better call somebody! It is May 9th. It is a great, beautiful morning. And here we go. It is a great day for sports. The Golden State Warriors advanced yesterday 121-95. to They sweep the Jazz just like they swept the first series. They're 8-0 in postseason play. First time in NBA history, two teams have started 8-0. That's right, first time in NBA history. Cleveland Cavaliers also have not lost. They are 8-0. These two teams are on a collision course to meet in the NBA Finals. Can't wait, can't wait, cannot wait. I'll tell you what I can wait on. I don't really care to watch the NBA playoffs. As as weird as that sounds, it's just so anticlimactic. So was the whole NBA regular season. The NBA needs to do something to fix it. Uh, They thought that by having... The rule that stopped Chris Paul coming to the Los Angeles Lakers five, six years ago was that these big market teams can't continue to get the best players. And that's fine. The Lakers were the hot team at the time. The Spurs had done it prior and even after. That didn't solve anything. The issue is there's always one or two teams far and above everybody else, just better than everybody. And it's basically, who cares until the finals when things might get interesting. And and I'll tell you, if the Warriors have a Game 6 or Game 7, okay, at that point it's must-watch TV. Or if the Cleveland Cavaliers have a Game 6 or Game 7 versus, let's say, the Celtics or Wizards, yeah, at that point you gotta watch. Anything can happen, it is sports. I have a... And there's some competitive series. You know, you turn on the Spurs-Rockets, you know, the Rockets versus the Thunder, uh, two all-star talents... Uh, with Westbrook and Harden, or you have this series Thunder Celt- or excuse me, Wizards versus uh, the Celtics tied 2-2. The Wizards have had big leads in all four games. The Celtics found a way in both Game 1 and Game 2 to come back. It's now going to go to Game 5 in Boston. That's, that's a great series. But who cares? You know? I mean, give me a break. Because we all know what's inevitable. They're going to move on to the next round, and they're going to get their ass kicked by the Cavs. And the Spurs Rockets, you know... Yeah, Kawhi's a great player, and the Spurs obviously have a ton of talent. Nothing close to what the Warriors bring to the table. I mean, it's just not. And yeah, James Harden and the Rockets are fun, and they're a great three-point shooting team. You know who's the best defensive uh, team at stopping the three in the NBA? The Golden State Warriors. They are the the Rockets on crack. They are way better than the Rockets at what the Rockets do. Better talent, better defensively, better coached. I, I really despised Antonio for coming to Los Angeles and just, it wasn't even his fault, but the whole mess between Dwight Howard and Kobe and Nash getting hurt, it was a bad time to be a Lakers fan. Even now is a better time. Even Kobe's final season and last game with, uh, it was just hard to watch that D'Antoni mess. And uh, seeing him over there in Houston, you know, one, one side of me is happy for him. He gets to, to, break free of 
uh, how poorly he he did in Los Angeles because partially it wasn't his fault, but just seeing him and his southern accent and you know making excuse after excuse is what happened what he was doing with Los Angeles it was just tough to watch so anyhow uh, now I'm getting on a tangent but the point is it's hard for me to watch postseason basketball the NBA finals are going to be awesome and I want to touch on I want to touch on why I haven't been able to produce many shows the past couple weeks I got a new job I'm teaching overseas yeah I'm in California here in America but I'm teaching children in China Beijing, Shanghai, that's right, and so uh, it's time difference is tough, the time difference is 15 hour difference, I'm teaching anywhere between 11.30 at night, midnight, all the way up to 7am in the morning, so I'm up all night, it was a new job, I was trying to make sure I had that nailed, uh, and so all the energy that goes to me researching for this show, me producing this show, this show is all me, everything me, music, voice, research, editing, whatever, producing, so it does take some energy, and uh, I just wanted to put all my energy towards work, and and sometimes I'm working eight-hour shifts, which are 16 lessons in a row, they're 25-minute lessons, back to back to back to back, love the job, work from home, couldn't say enough good things about it, but when you're teaching 15 lessons in a row, that gets exhausting, and uh, so anyhow, I only taught six lessons today, went on a three-mile run this morning as the sun came up, awesome, and I figured, hey, what better time to get out a show, and I hope this sparks more shows. I know there's a couple of you that I know personally that would love to hear the show, and uh, I hope there's some people I don't know that would love to hear the show. So anyhow, I just wanted to let you know where I'm at, and uh, I do hope to be bringing you more shows. I want to finish my thought on the NBA postseason because it really extends into the regular season. The NBA regular season is far worse than the 16-game, 17-week NFL season, where basically every week is much-watch football. Regular season, mind you. You can almost watch any two teams and it be exciting and fun and drama and things to watch and just a good product. MLB, Major League Baseball, some find the sport boring. Well, let me tell you, baseball is all about numbers. And it makes 162 regular game, regular season watchable and viable because week in and week out, you're, you're, you're really studying and looking for numbers and watching the numbers of these players. I went to an Angel game last week, fourth of the year, a lot of fun. Albert Pujols hit number 595. 595. I want to be there when he hit 600 so badly. Uh, but it just, baseball is about numbers. You know, Clayton Kershaw... 5-2 and two record, 2.4 ERA, Chris Sale pitching lights out. It's not necessarily about the day-to-day game, which it makes the game more interesting because now you're looking at these season-long numbers. What is Honestly, I mean, think about it for a second. What does the NBA regular season have going for it? Russell Westbrook made it semi-interesting, and he still got hated on all season by the media for going for the triple-doubles and getting the triple-doubles. But what is exciting? What's interesting about it? We all knew at the beginning of the season. Come on, we all knew. Cavs, Warriors. We all knew the year prior. Cavs, Warriors. We all knew three, two, you know, two or three years ago, however you want to look at it. Cavs, Warriors. We knew prior to that, okay, the Heat are making the NBA Finals. Oh, we knew the year before that. The Heat are making the NBA Finals. Was the Western Conference somewhat interesting? Yeah. But you kind of knew every year, okay, it's the Spurs year. It's the Warriors year. You know, and 
it is a shame, this is a little off subject, but thinking about the Western Conference, that the Thunder weren't able to stay together because Westbrook, Durant, Harden would have been one for the ages, would have been up there with the Warriors teams of now. It would have probably stopped LeBron from winning more titles. That would be something else to watch those three play together. They, they were all drafted by the Thunder. They all meshed pretty well. There was no problems when they were working together. And if they could have kept that chemistry, you know, it would have given us something to watch. A, a fun rivalry in the Western Conference between this young Thunder team and young Warriors team for the next decade. And then, ooh, whoever, whoever can get out of the West, we're going to see in the, the Eastern Conference, they're going to meet LeBron James. But we don't have that. We just don't. The NBA regular season is bad. And this year, I just feel like the postseason is equally as, as bad, or at least anticlimactic. I don't care. I just don't. It's hard for me to even watch a Warrior game in the playoffs right now because, okay, they're playing the Jazz. And even if they were to lose Game 3, there's no way in hell they lose the series. And if there is a Game 6 or Game 7, at that point, I'll tune in. And I love basketball. Love basketball. So I'm really looking forward to the finals. You better believe I'll watch every game of the NBA finals. It was a tough, tough loss for me last year. Big sting. You know, just I don't hate LeBron on a personal level, but as an NBA fan and being a Kobe guy and, you know, and and just watching LeBron fail in the finals, it had been normal and fun to watch him fail. And, uh, and I'm a huge Warrior fan. I grew up a Laker fan. I, I moved up to the Bay Area teenage years and uh, went to Warrior games as, as they sucked in the Gilbert Arenas days and Antoine Jameson, Miguel Petrus. Don't get me started. All right, Adonald Foyle. I can go on and on. Eric Dampier. They were terrible. And uh, Jason Richardson was a lot of fun to watch. But again, they were lucky if they won 30 games a year. And uh, I sat through those games and paid for those games. And as the Warriors got better, a lot of my friends are Warrior fans. And, you know, Warriors are my second team. They're nothing to what the Lakers are. But I enjoy rooting for the Warriors. And, um, yeah, man, it's just... I can't even watch a game. I, I don't even care to watch the postseason. I don't. I don't. I haven't watched one Warrior game out of the eight. In the finals, I will watch them all. And, and like I said, last year did sting. They were up 2-1. They go on to win game four. They go up 3-1. And every show, hopefully I keep producing them uh, here until the finals. Uh, I don't want to make any commitments, but I do plan on it. Uh, again, my schedule is so crazy, and my energy really has to go towards new job. But uh, I do love making these shows, and I love talking sports. So NBA postseason, anticlimactic. NBA regular season, garbage. Uh, it's an 82 game season where the second half of the season is spent tanking. And that's the, the truth. The second half of the season is spent, you know, as much as the teams are trying to vie for top eight seed and position themselves, the bottom half of the league is, is not competing. They're not even, and they're not putting a good product out there and they're losing on purpose or they'll play a half of good basketball and the second half is just going to be garbage and uh you know we saw it this year with, with Dallas they were up 20 points to the San Antonio Spurs in one of the last games of the season and they sit every single veteran and all their starters and they managed 36 points in the second half and they lose why because it's better for them to lose because how the playoff system is, or excuse me the the lottery system is, is worked it's ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous. And then now everyone's complaining about resting stars, which I think is ludicrous because you want to be fresh for the postseason. But all right, if that's a complaint. So th there's plenty of complaints for the NBA regular season. And um, 
I love basketball, and it's it, it's just a shame. It, and and the NBA needs to figure it out. Uh, I, I, plenty of people still watch. I have a tougher time watching on a day-to-day, especially when the Lakers are not any good. If the Lakers were good, of course, I would follow my team and watch more of the games. And I got to say, out of the first 20, I probably watched like 17 of them. And then I fell off. The Lakers started to play really poorly. It was tough to watch. And and I didn't really care about the rest of the, the NBA. You know, and again, it was inevitable. I could already tell you. All right, the Warriors are going to win the and get the first number one seed and what did they do they did that they got the first seed and i can tell you the spurs are going to be a top three seed and the clippers and the rockets and the thunder are all going to make the playoffs you know seven of the eight teams i could have told you prior to the nba season starting are going to get in and then that eight seed is up for grabs and they're going to lose to the warriors in the first round anyhow and in the eastern conference kind of the same thing the celtics did come out of nowhere and take the first seed okay so the Cavs get the second seed and they're well rested for the postseason as you see they haven't lost a game yet and and the NBA needs to fix it. What I want to do when we talk basketball the rest of the show in the upcoming weeks is I'm just hyping the NBA Finals. Forget the BS. Forget the, the other, these other series. Yeah, the Wizards versus Celtics is interesting. It's very competitive. It is good basketball. Out of all the series I am watching, out of all the basketball I'm watching, that is the series. Spurs-Rockets, the same. Those those series are competitive if you're a basketball fan. These, these players are playing as hard as they can they want to win it's not regular season basketball they want to move forward they're very well matched teams and they're fun to watch that is good basketball however they're playing for their death because the Wizards and Celtics don't have a chance versus the Cavs and the Rockets and uh, Spurs don't have a chance for uh, versus the Warriors so anyhow that's that's my rant there is that the NBA needs to fix what they have going on and it's kind of always been that way in the 80s it was inevitable you knew the Lakers and they got there what nine times and you knew the Celtics and the Celtics got there I think four or five times and in the 90s it was the Bulls who got there six times and the two years Jordan was out of the league the Rockets won it and then in the 2000s same deal it's the Lakers getting there it's the Spurs getting there and it's one or the other so it's been a constant problem it's been the same I don't even know if you want to call it a problem but I just don't think there's enough competitive balance in the NBA. I don't know how to fix it. I do know how to fix the regular season, and that is fixed tanking by changing up the lottery seeding. Either have a playoff bracket for the worst teams that now they play for those top seeds. That would be great basketball. It would be very competitive. Teams like the Pelicans or the Lakers or the Sixers, and even some of the better teams that miss the playoffs, um, the Mavericks they would be playing for a top seed and to get better and it would bring fan interest and if you don't do that then just if you don't have this tournament then just reseed the lottery to where the the bubble teams the teams that just missed the playoffs they get the top seeds and the teams that are the worst in the NBA they get the bottom seeds you know the 14 the 13th pick that way everyone's trying to win games throughout the whole NBA regular season and it makes the regular season fun to watch but the system they have going now it's just no fun Like I said, I do want to hype the Cavs Warriors, so I'm going to bring you back to last year when this happened. A finals record now for most threes by a team. Curry had a notion there to Barnes. 
Green and James jawing at each other while play continues. They get out of the pull-up. That won't go. And a double foul is going to be called. Channing Fry getting in between LeBron James and Sense. Green starting to walk away. James has more words. Looking back at it, I'm watching it here on YouTube, and uh, it doesn't look as bad as I remember. It definitely doesn't look bad enough to warrant a one-game suspension. LeBron, of all, it pissed me off at the time, and I'm a little biased because I was rooting for the Warriors, but LeBron flailed his arms, and LeBron knocked Draymond down. Right away, that should be a whistle, and if it was 99% of the league, that would be a whistle, but the fact it's Mr. LeBron James, no call. Then LeBron walks over him after he fouls Draymond and throws him to the ground. Draymond gets up, flails his arms, which he does, which LeBron just did in the notion of the nuts. Let's, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. It doesn't hit him. It doesn't really even graze him. It's a baby tap. It's, it, it, you know, LeBron didn't play like it hurt, and LeBron flops on everything, so I know it missed. It didn't hit any junk. Then LeBron gets pissed. And Draymond knows LeBron got pissed. And Draymond at that point knows I did my job. And he starts to back down. Not because he's a punk, but because Draymond's out there to get under LeBron's skin. And LeBron is now down 2-1, to one, down by 10 points in Game 4 in Cleveland on his home court. Gonna go down 3-1. And no team's ever come back down from 3-1. And LeBron loses his cool. To me a year ago and to me now, it's still the wrong message to send. And it only works when you're LeBron James, but LeBron James lost his cool and he got rewarded for it. The Cavs still had to win those games, but without Draymond, they were able to win game five. At home in Cleveland, they were able to go back to Golden State and take game six and seven. I think I have that mixed up because they just recently changed the finals to where it's 2-2-1-1-1. So I want to say they were able to win game five in Golden State without Draymond Green. So they went on the road, no Draymond Green, Cavs win. They come back to Cleveland, Draymond is now back, only suspended one game, and they're able to steal the game at home. Game seven's a great game, final three minutes, just final five minutes, just what a great five minutes of basketball. It killed me, it crushed me, I was hurting. The Warriors had it wrapped up at 3-1. I felt sick that the Draymond suspension was BS, and LeBron got rewarded for losing his cool. LeBron did lose his cool. If you go back and watch, I mean, he got pissed. He got angry and upset, and the fact that he played it to where he got so upset and angry, I'm sure, so you know, helped the case of, well, hey, LeBron got this mad at Draymond, and Draymond did this, even though LeBron James just fouled him and threw him to the ground and then stepped over him like a punk. LeBron lost his cool. He fouled Draymond. He steps over Draymond. Draymond flailed his arm up a bit. I don't think he was aiming for anywhere. He didn't hit anything. It was in the region of the nuts. Didn't hit a thing. Draymond was kind of like throwing his arms out like, what the heck? You know, at least this is me justifying Draymond. And Draymond's the one that got suspended. And some people will say, well, hey, he's been doing, you know, he's been flailing his legs. And earlier in the, the playoffs, he went at Steven Adams and didn't get suspended. And so this is a, a buildup bad time to have a build-up. Now, did the Warriors semi-collapse, and should they still won one of those final three games? Yeah. LeBron James played his heart out, all right? LeBron James played like a champion. He put it all out there like he often does. 
and the Cavaliers went on to win, and that's what makes this NBA Finals so awesome, is we've never had an NBA history, never, ever, ever, and when you say that in a sport that's gone 60 years, that's, that, that means something, uh, you know, maybe 70 years the NBA's been around since, what, the 50s, uh, never had a team meet back-to-back-to-back, three years in a row. Safe to say that'll probably happen this year. A lot of drama going into this, this NBA Finals. going to be a lot, a lot of fun. And we get to see the Draymond-LeBron matchup. And this year the Warriors have upped it up a notch with Kevin Durant. They did lose Harrison Barnes. I think that's a fair trade to say. And so, you know, the Warriors are going to do the Warriors. The Cavs did bring in veteran talent. Channing Fry, Kyle Korver, uh, Deron Williams. Great pickup there just for nothing but just court awareness and, and intelligence. You know, I don't know the level of talent he brings anymore, but just the leadership and, you know, seven, eight, ten years ago, he was a top three point guard. Going to be a great NBA Finals. Can't say the same for the regular season. Can't say the same for the postseason. Going to be a great NBA Finals. So as the postseason winds down, we have another couple weeks. Probably, I don't know. I assume that the Celtics, Wizards are going to go seven. I assume the other, the other series, Rockets, Spurs is going to go seven. That game five is tonight at five o'clock TNT in San Antonio. Spurs are favored by five. Battle for Texas, and you know, it's a good series. It is a good series. Does it matter? Nope, not really. Cheapest tickets for that game, $48. So if you're in the San Antonio area, uh, $48 bucks for a game five against the Rockets. Seems like a pretty good deal to me. Tomorrow, game five, Wizards at the Boston Celtics. That game is at 5 o'clock on TNT. Boston's currently favored by 4.5. Tickets for that one, $87, starting at $87. Makes a little more sense, and you better believe Game Six and Game Seven will be well over a hundred bucks. Game Six Thursday night Spurs at Houston. Game Seven Boston at Washington Friday night. All game times are at five o'clock Western Pacific time. And you know those are going to be fun matchups. Are they for anything? Again, I'm beating a dead horse now at this point, but no, they're not. Both those teams, both the winners of those series are going to lose in the next round. And then we're going to get an epic NBA Finals worth watching every game. And I will watch every game. And boy, will I be pulling for those Warriors. So before the show ends, I am glad I got to bring you a show today. Boxing last weekend. Boy, was that a joke. Canelo Alvarez versus Chavez Jr., and the only reason that fight was a big deal is because Chavez Jr. shares a last name with his father, Chavez Sr., and of course Canelo. And Canelo was worth the money. I know a lot of people paid for that fight. A lot of Mexican people paid for that fight. On top of that, whether they're fight fans or not, it was a big deal in the Mexican community. They made a ton of money, a big payday. From what I understand, Chavez Jr. just didn't throw punches. And the reason he didn't throw punches is because he didn't want to get knocked out. You throw punches to a superior opponent that superior opponent eats you alive that's why nobody ever throws against Mayweather you throw punches against Mayweather he's going to hit you with four or five 
and you throw punches against Canelo, not only going to hit you with two or three solid clean punches, they're powerful punches. And so Golovkin, Triple G, is going to fight Canelo September 16th, Mexican Independence Day. That one will be worth watching. That one is going to be the fight of the year. It's not just hype. My biggest scare is when you get fights like this, neither man throws. I don't think that will be the case. My heart hopes that's not the case. So, am I to understand that the deal is done, that there will be a fight between you two in September of this year? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's done. Gennady, you've been waiting for a long time for this moment or for that moment. What do you feel now? I feel very excited. Guys, right now it's a different story. I think in September it's big Mexican style, you know, big drama show. We're ready. Are you saying that that will be the big Mexican showdown that we were hoping to get? Tonight, you know, first of all, first, congrats to Canelo, the Canelo team. He looks good. I think right now everybody excited for us, for fight for us. Canelo, what about you? For so long now, you've been criticized for not fighting Triple G as though you would duck a fighter when you were telling everyone all along, your promoter said this is the way the business needs to get done. Now that you're going to fight Triple G, what would you like to say to your fans? Yo nunca le he tenido miedo a nadie desde los 15 años que peleó profesional. I've never feared anyone since the 16th year of my age, since I was 16 and I've been fighting as a professional. Cuando nací yo ya se había repartido el miedo. When I was born, <laughs> fear was gone. I never got any, I never got my share of fear. You have had an excellent career so far, but the thought is to beat Triple G, you will have to have the real greatness come out in you in a way that it hasn't yet. How do you feel about that? Yo me siento muy bien, me siento muy contento. Pelea con pelea voy avanzando y estoy seguro que cuando llegue la pelea de Golovkin voy a mostrar muchas más cosas. Siempre el rival da pauta para dar grandes peleas y creo que vamos a dar una gran pelea de Leo. I'm very happy. A little by little I'm growing. And again, I said before, the rival, the opponent is going to give me the tools to showcase myself. And that's what's going to happen. Canelo looked very impressive tonight, Gennady. What did you think about his performance? It's very nice performance. Congratulations, his team. Yeah, he looks good. Right now, it's a new story. Fight for us. Is Canelo the biggest challenge of your professional career? Yes. He is. The best opponent you will face. He is, yeah, of course. Is he the greatest challenge of your professional career, Canelo? Es lo que se espera para septiembre, el reto más grande. That's what we had to expect for September. He tenido grandes peleas, peleas difíciles. Él es un peleador duro y creo que va a ser una gran pelea. Una pelea dura para el público que ha querido ver esta pelea también. I've had difficult, difficult fights, tough fights, and that is going to be a, no doubt a tough fight. And this one was supposed to be a tough fight as well. Por eso lo vuelvo a repetir. La era del Canelo la mejor porque peleó con los mejores. But I always say Canelo era is the best because I fought the best. We will undoubtedly do a face-off between now and when the fight occurs. But for now, Triple G, is there anything you'd like to tell Canelo? Good luck in September. Canelo, anything you'd like to tell Triple G? La suerte es para los mediocres, my friend. Luck is for the mediocre people. Both men have similar styles. I gotta say, I watch all these guys' fights, and Triple G stalks his opponent. He's methodical. 
He's selective, and when he throws, he's on point. And everything I just said goes the same for Canelo. And from Canelo, from what I've seen over the past couple years, he he also baits his opponent maybe better than Triple G. I think Canelo baits his opponent. You know, he'll throw the same setup four, five, six times in two or three different rounds, and then he'll start that setup and change up that last punch in the combo where the guy's thinking, okay, here comes a body shot, and bam, it's to the chin, or boom, it's to the, you know, the temple, and it's going to be a good fight, a lot of hype, and uh, Canelo's team, I hate to say it, but they did what they should do, it's bad for boxing fans, good for Canelo, Triple G is now 35 years old, Canelo just entering this prime in his mid to late 20s, and that bars in favor for Canelo, Gonna be great, gonna be great, and the best thing boxing fans can hope for is it is a great fight, and they immediately sign a rematch. Later on next month, June 17th, Saturday, June 17th, we we, we do get a rematch of a couple other big boxers, uh, Andre Kovalev, Andre Ward, it's not Andre Kovalev, Andre Ward versus Kovalev, who his first name is hard to pronounce and it's escaping me, Sergey Kovalev, maybe, I don't know, some Russian name, sorry. Great boxer. Now, you know, better boxer than me forgetting his name. I should definitely know his first name. But Kovalev is just a wonderful fighter. And uh, he he outfought Andre Ward in the first fight. However, Andre Ward got the decision. He knocked Andre Ward down in the second round. Andre Ward did come back and fight a very smart fight. And in the first couple rounds, it looked like it was going to be all Kovalev. And Ward did come back and fight smart. Everyone I watched it with, everyone on the, the the forums I follow thought Kovalev won. Ward got the decision. So they do have a rematch. That rematch is definitely worth watching. If there's another fight you're going to watch this year outside of Triple G versus Canelo, it is definitely Kovalev versus Andre Ward. Yeah, and that's right. It is Sergey Kovalev, and the fight is June 17th. First fight was last year November 19th it was a great fight really a great fight and uh, so the rematch should be just as good and some bad blood and I know Kovalev is not going to want to leave it up to the judges this time and uh, two of the best fighters in the world completely worth watching you had Klitschko lose to Anthony Joshua over uh, during last month as well, just two weeks ago. So it was actually two weeks of good fights, although the Canelo Chavez Jr. fight could be argued, you know, that wasn't a good fight. It was all hype. Uh, but the Klitschko fight, he lost in round 11 to Anthony Joshua, both uh, English fighters. And uh, it was a pay-per-view over in, in London here uh, in America. It was actually just a regular Showtime slash HBO fight. Uh, that fight lived up to the height. We do have a new heavyweight champion, and uh, there might be a mix between Joshua and Wilder. Wilder, an American heavyweight, great fighter. I want to say he's 39 and 0. Joshua is now 20 and 0. They combined, they have like all knockouts, but one or two of their victories. And uh, so, boxing heating up. Uh, don't know how many of my listeners are big boxing fans, but again. Next month on the 17th, huge fight, Kovalev Ward. In September, we have Triple G versus Canelo. Uh, this Joshua beating Klitschko, 
good year for boxing, and I seldom say that. And and if it's up to me, you know, I, many boxing fans don't want to see, although they're going to watch Mayweather beat up on uh, McGregor. They're, the contract hasn't been signed yet. It should be. That fight should be this year. <laughs> Big year for boxing. Big year for boxing. Keep it up. Keep the rematches coming. Uh, when you have two good fighters able to fight each other again. A matter of fact, the year started um, with Santa Cruz Frampton, which was a rematch from last year, which was one of the best fights a year ago. This year, not so much. Frampton won last year in just an epic brawl. This year, it was all Santa Cruz. Don't know if there'll be a trilogy. Keep the fights coming. Keep them getting made. It's important, and uh, boxing is that much better off when the best fighters are fighting the best. So I've gone on long enough. NBA sucks. Boxing is getting better. Who would have thought those two things would have been coming out of my mouth uh, when boxing has been so poor for so long and most people love the NBA. But NBA regular season is just, just a joke at this point and the postseason is not any better. It's just so anticlimactic and the NBA finals will be great. I will give it its due there. Baseball, Ryan Howard, who was signed a minor league deal with the Atlanta Braves earlier this season, he's batting a buck eighty-four at AAA. He was cut by Atlanta yesterday. Uh, his career is over. Matt Harvey was suspended over the weekend from the Mets three games for a communication issue, so he did not pitch. He's having a rough season. It seems like so long ago he was the Dark Knight, and he is just—I uh, don't think he'll ever get back there. Sources, uh, the closer Britain has uh, no elbow trouble. He was put on the DL. Zach Britton, one of the best closers in baseball, if not the best closer. They say he has no elbow damage. He did hit the disabled list for the second time this season, and it'll be interesting to see uh, how long he's out for. That's a, a big loss for the Braves, although they do have a great setup, man. But, again, big loss. Staying, going back to Atlanta, Freddie Freeman... Maybe the best offensive player so far a month and a half into baseball. That's including Trout. That's including Bryce Harper. Having just an excellent offensive season, Freddie Freeman. And he's still very young. I want to say he's 25 or 26. The New York Yankees are 21-9. and They are a half game ahead of Baltimore at 21-10. and The New York Yankees' Aaron Judge leads the league in home runs with 13. Dude is 6'7", 280. A lot of... Scouts and MLB talking heads didn't think he could bat for average. We'll see. Right now he's batting over 310, so it'll be interesting to see if he can keep this up. But he is definitely helping the Yankees with that 21-9 record. The Cleveland Indians lead the AL Central by a game at 17-14, followed by the Twins at 15-14. It's a tight race there in the Central with the White Sox only a game and a half back, as well as the Tigers a game and a half back, each of those teams 15-15. The Kansas City Royals have fallen off quickly. They are 11-20. Six games back in the West, it's going to be Houston. It's going to be Houston all year. They're 21 and 11. They're by far the best team in the AL West. They are six games ahead of the Angels. The Angels are 16 and 18. It's a shame they don't have a better lineup surrounding Mike Trout and Albert Pujols. The pitching is all injured. Uh, Skaggs, Heaney, Garrett Richards. I'm probably missing a name or two. Their pitching staff has been injured last year, was injured this year. And even if it was healthy, I'm not quite sure. Obviously, they'd be a little better. Uh, the Oakland A's are also six back, and so are the Seattle Mariners, both at 15 and 17. The Rangers, surprisingly, last place, 13 and 20. In the NL West, it's all Nationals. It will be all Nationals all season. They are 21 and 11. I think it's a Nationals year to win a World Series. That's me personally. That lineup is ridiculous. Their pitching is excellent. 
The NL Central, St. Louis Cardinals are a half a game ahead of the Cincinnati Reds with the Cubs uh, just a game back. Cubs are 16 and 15 on the year. Colorado Rockies, Colorado Rockies, good for them, 20 and 12, leading the NL West. The Dodgers are two games back at 18 and 14, and the Diamondbacks 18 and 15, two and a half. The NL West should be a good race, one of the best races in baseball all year between the Rockies, Dodgers, and Diamondbacks. I would assume the Dodgers at some point skyrocket and do take over the NL West, but the Rockies have a good lineup. Their pitching is pitching pretty well this year, and the Diamondbacks also a good lineup. So look out for that NL West, probably the most competitive division in baseball. If not that, then that the AL Central uh, in the American League. So that's it for baseball. We went over some basketball. I will hype those NBA Finals all, all month. And the rest of the playoffs are so-so. But the Warriors-Cavs coming to you in July. Boxing, good boxing coming in July. Then again in September. And Major League Baseball is officially not in the beginning of the regular season anymore. We are hitting a groove. It's been a great time giving the, bringing the show to you. I hope you have a great day. More importantly, I hope a lot of sunshine is headed your way.